Welcome to another episode of We Don't Talk About It. I'm doing a mini series on the book Outdated. It's a book club with my friend Emily where we sit down, talk about our relationship struggles, victories, and really what it looks like to have a relationship that is built on biblical principles. The book Outdated by Jonathan Bakuda is a great resource if you're wanting to learn more about what it looks like to have a relationship that's centered in Christ. So come on, have this girl chat with us. Just get into it. Um, Hey guys, welcome to another episode of We Don't Talk About It book club series (laughs) on Outdated. This is our last week, which I'm a little bit bummed by because this was just, this is good. So Emily's here with me again, as always. Hello. Hey. All right. So chapter 10, breaking up is hard to do. (laughs) Oh gosh. We were just chatting before and I'm kind of in this uh, space where I need to be um, strict with myself and break off communication with someone. So anyways, this is a good one. Good reminder. Um, The lie. Broken hearts are a necessary evil in dating. The truth. The heartbreak caused by breaking up can be mostly avoided which I think that that statement is interesting because I like I've recently one of my friends said um that he wants to date in such a way that his ex-girlfriend could be like a reference to his like potential new girlfriend he's like I want to leave someone better than I found them and um not cause heartbreak and I think that that's so admirable and that's not like a lot of guys and I think that Mm -hmm. just in my experience I've never dated someone where I haven't been heartbroken so I'm like how could you break up with someone and not be heartbroken and maybe this statement isn't necessarily saying that but anyways yeah no I get that yeah um so thoughts on this chapter um, I feel like this chapter is my life the past <laughs> couple of years. I've, we've talked about our relationship histories earlier on, I think, but I've been through three breakups in the past, like, couple years, and mm. I would say that they've gotten better over time, but I don't know. I, that first breakup was just about one of the most traumatic experiences so I've ever been through, and I, you know, knock on wood, don't think that will hopefully ever happen again because it was so much a result of just emotional immaturity and Mm. just craziness on both of our ends. But yeah, it definitely felt like that was normal at the time. Mm -hmm. And thinking more recently to even just ending things with with guys who I, you know, thought I would date or had gone on several dates with and just, you know, cut it off for various reasons. It's just been so much more peaceful and I don't know, healthy than that yeah. first breakup and it's made me realize that okay you know we can date in a way that's and break up in a way that's respectful and kind and it's not mm-hmm. fun and it's still hard and there are probably still those uncomfortable emotions on both ends but you really can leave someone better than you found them I really do believe that yeah yeah um so some of the things that he talked about like why you should break up um thoughts on that Yeah, actually, I bookmarked so many things in this chapter. Um, The main one was on 
oh goodness, page 175, when mm-hmm. he talks about just obviously if the person you're dating isn't a follower of Christ or you aren't yeah. either. Um, and just, or even not being in the same place spiritually, even mm-hmm. if you are both following Christ, I think that would be an important thing to add. Yeah. It's one thing if someone has just become a Christian and another person's been a Christian for 10 years, I think it mm-hmm. could work, but those are very different stages of spiritual maturity. And I think it's important to be like relatively in a similar place. Yeah. Um, or else it's going to be unequal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the part that stuck out to me the most on that page was about purity. <laughs> because mm-hmm. um, I think the sentence is like one obvious example of this is whether they are committed to purity in your relationship. If someone is willing to have sex with you outside of marriage, they are clearly not committed to following God because they're actively disobeying his commands. Mm-hmm. Um, in a different chapter, he kind of says the same thing, but saying yeah. that if you're if you or the person you're dating is willing to like have sex with you or someone else before marriage, they're basically mm-hmm. cheating on yeah. their future spouse. And I was like, whoa, yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that. I had always yeah. thought of like, I've always considered porn cheating, but mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of like premarital, like sexual relationships mm-hmm. to be that way. And I totally agree. And it made me think back to my, um, most recent relationship about a year ago where I think I talked about this on the podcast, how we had the sex talk, um, mm-hmm. pretty <laughs> came out while we were kissing. <laughs> we literally, yeah. were like, I was like, I'm not having sex till I'm married. <laughs> it was this whole thing. Uh, but it led to a good conversation and I yeah. kind of found out that he didn't have the same values and boundaries that I did. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty big difference. And I, yeah. to this day, still regret not ending it when I did, we broke up a couple of weeks later, but, yeah. um, that was so important and is still so important where now I look back and I'm like, Emily, like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And, and maybe he said this or I've just heard it somewhere else, but like, if, if you're willing to go outside of marriage to have sex with say your boyfriend, um, then you most likely you're training yourself to go outside of, um, your marriage for sex. So you're more easily to cheat on him. Um, And like in my mind, like I was like, oh, that would never happen. But that's what you're training yourself for. You're you're not training yourself for monogamy. You're training yourself for variety. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so important. So important. Yeah. It reminds me of what he said in the previous chapter about if you're living together but not having sex, you're training yourself to not have sex while you're married. Right. Like living together. So it's kind of a reverse, but I've never really thought about like those types of patterns. Like mm-hmm. you think, oh, you know, you're training yourself and how you manage conflict and other things to prepare for marriage. But in terms of physical intimacy, I think that's a really, really good points. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then other reasons why you should break up. I mean, for me, my part of my story is like having to break up with someone who has an addiction and that's, it's really hard. Um, I think that when someone like you can see that someone is hurting and they have like a lot of good in them, but they're not healthy, like mentally, um, and have an addiction, it's really hard to walk away from that. Um, and like I had mentioned to Emily before, I thought his number was blocked and he ended up texting me. So I'm going to block his number. (laughs) I'm going to, after this podcast, I'm going to, you've Um, just told a bunch of people you're going to do it. You got to do it. Exactly. It's accountability. (laughs) All right. So, um, and, and I'm just being very honest and transparent. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but you know, it was interesting even just last night at, um, my Bible study, my singles Bible study. Um, I think I realized cause they were talking about marriage and how marriage, um, should be on mission and you guys should like have a common like goal for how you want to serve others in your marriage. Yeah. And I truly feel like in the last few months, I've really caught a vision and um, even more so knowing like what I'm looking for in a guy. And I think it was, it was so timely. And so the Lord that they were talking about that. And then that same day, like my ex had reached out to me. And even though like, I think he's a great guy, I think he's a believer, but he, I don't think that he's healthy. And so therefore like I can't be with him and it's really hard. Um, also just to be very honest, like when no one's pursuing you and someone wants to be with you, it's really hard to be like, no, thanks. Yeah. So, but addiction is not something to take lightly and there is freedom from addiction but I think that there, I know that there has to be a season of faithfulness to be able to walk into that with someone else. Uh, like I would not encourage right. to date someone who has a history of addiction without a season of faithfulness without it, because For it's just, sure. it's just hard. It's hard. I think a good example of that, um, the first guy I dated um, without going into too much detail had a pretty extensive porn history but mm. he it had been like four maybe not four years but several years yeah. since he had used or watched or whatever and mm-hmm. while it was really hard for me to hear about that at first it yeah was so good because well in hindsight I look back and think okay that's very different from someone who is actively addicted to porn right. and isn't willing to get help it you know doesn't yeah. have accountability partners um yeah and I look or back and like honest with it, you. exactly yeah. to where um, you know porn's such a just like ridiculously prevalent issue. I mean, most mm. guys and a lot of women as well really struggle right. with it, and I I don't understand that because it's never been something that I've personally struggled with. Right, but a lot of people in my life have guys mm-hmm. and women, and it's something to where I would prefer to not be dating someone who doesn't have that in their life. I mean, it would Mm -hmm. just, that would be ideal. Right. And I have dated guys who actually have never used porn, which is crazy, but they do exist. And um, essentially for me, what's helpful to think about because I am so black and white and perfectionistic with these things. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great to not to date someone who has no history of porn addiction, but I think a more reasonable boundary would be kind of like you said, you know, making sure they've had distance from their own stuff. And I mean, and also Mm -hmm. turning that back on you, like for myself with my eating disorder history, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to date someone. I wouldn't want someone to date me if I was in the thick of it. Right. uh, And really struggling. And so I think it's my personal responsibility to be really well and, Mm -hmm. you know, in a really healthy place with my mind and my body um, to be able to be a good girlfriend and fiance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, so it's inter- it's interesting. I went out on a first date with a guy who was a heroin addict. Oh man. <laughs> okay. So I am like, what is with my life? Anyway, I know. It was in 2020 or yeah, in 2020. And he had been clean for like four or five years. So it had wow. been a long time. He w- went to rehab and was in rehab for eight months and then ended up staying for another 
year and a half to work at the facility because it just like really like touched him and wow. and whatnot. And like I would I would have considered dating him if I like felt something for him. He also lived like an hour and a half away. He had <laughs> kids. Like it was like yeah. it was it was a lot. And I was like, okay, I'm not I'm not that interested to like go out on a second date with this guy but I think he was a good example that like he had done the work he he had a season of faithfulness like he is worth not that people aren't worth the time when they haven't you know put put in the work to be well but I do it's just believe, not a good idea right you know? like if someone is just recovering from an addiction I think that it needs to be a time for them to be single like for me if if I was in that I hope that I would have enough recognition to know okay I'm not in a healthy state to be in a relationship yeah and even like with my miscarriage you know a year after like a year and a half like I wasn't even my, I knew myself that I wasn't ready to be in a relationship because I was still just mourning and broken, but I am just really thankful that the Lord even preserved it even longer for me to realize those wounds that I needed to overcome from it. So I just, I am such an advocate for being single for a period of time. Because yeah. I think that you learn so much about yourself and you learn how to depend on the Lord and you can truly grasp that like a man or, you know, if you're a man, a woman um, cannot satisfy all of your desires and needs. And you need to know who you are with Christ before you can be with someone else. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, addiction or not, like if you have been in a series of like kind of a serial dater, like no like you you need to <laughs> like no no <laughs> I know like honestly it kind of is a deal breaker for me um if you like have not been single for a, yeah, a long no, period fair. of time because I just like and I'm not saying it needs to be like 10 years I'm saying like a year yeah or I think more. a year is really solid yeah um so anyways yeah that was kind of a tangent but I mean, I just think that's important reasons um, of why you might need to break up um, or why you might not t- need to date the person in the first place. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I did like how he broke down on page 80 um, how you should break up. I think that's really helpful, especially if like, You've never had to walk through that, um, or even if you have, just kind of pointing out some really um, helpful tools, like tell the truth, don't beat around the bush, um, don't blame it on God. Um, that's a big one. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. That's he was like, this is my personal pet peeve. I was like, me too, bro. Because yeah. listen, I mean, the whole, I just don't feel peace about this from the Lord, or. And, like, that could be valid. You could genuinely not feel peace, and I think that's important to pay attention to, but that is not your sole reason for breaking up with someone. Right. Like, I, I doubt enough of us are, like, that in tune with the spirit to be like, you know, I just don't feel peace about you. That feels like the most, like, right. Christianese cliche. Yeah. It's like, 
super annoying thing to say. Yeah, Um, no. And the thing is, like, I truly believe that when you're in those moments of, like, trying to figure out if you're supposed to break up with someone, yes, you should pray about it and hopefully, like, gain wisdom and clarity. But you don't have to be like, uh, God told me. Like, you you can just know and just not say it, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Same thing with, like, the people who are like, oh, yeah, I knew the moment I met you that I was going to marry you, like, God told me kind of thing. Yeah. I believe that that happens for some people. I yeah. think it's very rare. I also yeah. just, like, I believe probably some people gain that wisdom that they should break up with someone. Yeah. But you don't tell the other person that. Or if you do, that's not your one reason to break up, you know? Right. Like, you need to have the maturity and, like, sense of responsibility to say, hey, I don't think we're a good match. Or, you know, right. I'm worried about X, Y, and Z or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like provide clarity, tell them in person, don't wait, um, be loving, seek peace. Like these are just all really good, helpful tools. So if you are wondering if you need to break up with someone, buy the book and read this and we'll give you a guideline of how to do that. But yeah, for sure. Um, any other last thoughts before we go on to uh, chapter 11? I don't think so. Okay. So chapter 11, you know, when you know the lie, getting, (laughs) (laughs) um, the lie, getting married is too big of a decision to make. And it requires some of a magical sense that you are destined to be together. The truth. You don't have to wait on fate. You don't have to wait on fate. I said that weird. Um, so yeah, I mean, literally, you were just kind of talking about that. Um, so what what were your thoughts on this chapter um, and whatnot? Yeah, um, I feel like this chapter was kind of, like, vague a little bit. Which okay. Is, I think that's good. I mean, he goes into more specifics later, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I... I think the phrase, you know, when you know, is coming mm-hmm. from a good place. Because, yeah. um, I mean, I've even heard Christians say that. And I think mm-hmm. that it's just not elaborated on. Like, again, I don't think it's this magical fall from the sky thing. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's an element of, like, peace and just getting that sense from God. Like, you know what I mean. I mean, feelings, it's different from the infatuation of the early dating where you're like, oh, I'm just so in love, like, they're my person, we're soulmates, yada, yada, all the things, Mm -hmm. you know, rose-colored glasses, feelings, but I think with the, you know, when you date for a significant amount of time, I'm talking, like, you know, months to a year or Mm -hmm. longer kind of thing, you, those initial feelings fade, you've gone through some conflict, you know each other really well, you've spent a lot of time together, you've been through some stuff, and just, like, seasons of life, and, you're still with them and you still love them and still choose to be with them. And you mm-hmm. genuinely have peace about the relationship and yeah. you have confirmation from people who are close to you, which he talks about a lot, like dating and community. And you just like, everyone is on the same page. Like you, the person you're dating, your right. family, your friends, your church community, like maybe not everyone loves the person you're dating. Like you're not going to please everyone, but right. the general consensus is like, this is a good match. They're good for each other. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they bring out the best in each other. They're like on the same page, all the things. I think that's the like, you know, what yeah. you know feeling. For sure. And I think that 
in my experience, um, the guy who I had a miscarriage with, I thought that I was going to marry him. I wanted to marry him. Yeah. I pictured myself marrying him. But if I was being honest with myself and all of the people around me, I didn't have peace about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, like everything that you were saying, like there was just certain things that weren't lining up. And so in a way I knew that I knew, um, you know, when, you know, I, I knew, I knew when I knew that we were supposed to be together. Yeah. And so in a way I'm like, I hope and pray that one day, you know, Lord willing, when I'm with my husband, my future husband, I'll know when I know because I have peace and, yeah. and every, and like my family approves and we're on the same page about things and we're on mission together and things like that. And yeah. so I think that's really it is vague. Like it is vague to be like, you know, when you know, but like when everything lines up and you don't have to force it, I think that's when, you know. Yeah. So I, I totally agree. And I think you also like, you know, when you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. I, in the, the past, you know, the three relationships I was in, I definitely had those feelings of like, oh my gosh, I could marry this person or I'm going right. to marry this person. And I look back and I think I had peace at certain points where I wouldn't have dated them at all. But, you know, towards the end of all those relationships or in the middle, I, it was either chaotic or there were some serious red flags and either me or him (laughs) or, you know, I look back and having, you know, hindsight's 2020, of course, uh, neither, none of those guys would have been a good fit for me. They're a good fit for someone else, but not for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I also loved in this chapter, he said, prepare for marriage, not the wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one is really important to me. And I honestly think that as I've gotten older, I've realized how important this is. Working in the event industry, I've literally, (laughs) I've been to hundreds, probably close. I mean, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if I've worked a thousand weddings um wow that's a lot wow yeah I mean because I've worked in the event industry for 10 years and the most weddings I've ever been to in one day were three wow Um, and I mean I definitely have like I'll probably work like 50 60 weddings a year so like I mean maybe maybe a thousand wow yeah a lot but anywho And all that to say, people spend so much money, so much effort, and I am, and I can always tell the, sadly, the weddings that I'm like, well, they're not going to last because really, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, I think that as in my early twenties, I really dreamt about my wedding and like idolized it and fantasized about it. I think the older I've gotten and kind of the more jaded about weddings, um, I'm like, it really, it's a wedding is one day. The marriage is more important. And in my early twenties, I did not necessarily know or believe that. Um, And so I just like that he touches on that because I think it's important. It's easy as especially women to get caught up in all the beauty of what a wedding is. And it is beautiful. And there's nothing wrong with having something nice. Um, but that shouldn't be our focus. Right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I agree. I think what I liked most about this chapter is like the section right before the one you mm. just talked about where yeah. he goes over like 
just practical topics to discuss before you get married. Um, The thing that's, I think, biggest for me, I mean, I think they're all hugely important, but the Mm -hmm. what ifs section where he says, you know, what if all these things happen? And without going into too much personal detail, I've definitely seen this play out in um, family marriages and aunts and uncles and even my own parents and stuff that um, has happened in recent years and how Mm. it's either been handled well or handled poorly. And even especially working as an oncology nurse, it's very real. And Mm -hmm. being with patients who either just got their cancer diagnosis or this has been their life for several years. And yeah. it's always really interesting to see how the spouse reacts and how they support mm. or don't support um, or helpful, aren't helpful, how they process things. Yeah. And just, the, you know, you hear all those crazy stories of they get married and, you know, the next month someone gets a cancer diagnosis or they have a horrible accident. Yeah. And I tend to fantasize about Honestly, I fantasized about marriage. I've never been a huge wedding person. Like, I think I'll be getting excited when it's my time. But it's funny. I'm such a, like, planner and girly Mm. person. Like, it's just – I mean, I'm excited and I have ideas. But it's never been something I've obsessed over. But I have this image in my mind of the perfect family and the perfect house Mm. and the cute morning routines and just all those things and the clothes and the pictures and all of that. But it's very real that like something awful could happen and you don't want to just live here. But I mean, my own parents is kind of a funny story. It didn't happen, but it almost, (laughs) my parents were, I'll try to be brief. They um, got married and they went on their honeymoon to Paris and London Mm. and they were in Paris. Um, They were at the Louvre, you know, the big art museum there. And my mom fell down the stairs it was November, I think, at the time, and okay. so she was all bundled up. My mom gets cold wherever she goes, and so she had a million layers on, and she tumbled down the biggest staircase in the Louvre, <laughs> and my dad was at the bottom of the staircase and looked over and was like, well, my wife is going to be a paraplegic, and I'm going to take her home and take care of her the rest of her life, mm-hmm. and he genuinely, like, my dad's a doctor. He just kind of looked over and was like, thanks, God, like, my yeah. wife, I just buried her three days ago, <laughs> like, yeah. is now going to be, you know handicapped and thank god literally her story is like she was so bundled up all her jackets saved her life and (laughs) the only thing that was wrong is her nails were broken (laughs) oh my goodness it's it was always this funny story parents told us but now that I'm older I'm like well shoot I mean that could seriously happen you never know yeah no it's so true I I did think the one what if that I thought was like funny that I've never thought about is what if you become famous. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, that was so funny. <laughs> like, I have never thought about that. Like, if you married some- <laughs> I'm like, okay. I was reading them and I was like, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, it's like, what if your spouse has an affair? What if you become famous? <laughs> it was just such a random thing to throw in there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but it's true, I guess. So, I mean, Insta famous, TikTok, you never know. It's true. It's so true. Um, but yeah, no, I think the what ifs are really good to, to think about for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Any other ones? Because I think that kind of goes into the next chapter. Um, anything else before we go on to the next chapter? Yeah, I think the the next step section is also really good. Yeah. Um, so for people who have the book, definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, very simple. I mean, def- definitely oversimplifies it, but it, it's very 
I don't know, just practical advice to like have a relationship with Christ, get your stuff yes. together, be open-minded, but also be selective. Say yes. If you don't like them, not working out, say no. Like it just mm-hmm. very breaks it down easily, yeah. um, which is nice. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, okay. So happily ever after the lie, marriage is a fairy tale. The truth marriage doesn't have to save you from troubles, but it can provide a preview of what the real happily ever after will be like. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, I guess it is like this book is about dating. It's not about marriage. So I don't know. Why yeah. I just said it's funny that there's only one chapter on marriage, but I mean, I guess no, that makes no. sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, which it's very like short and to the point, um, thoughts on this chapter. Uh, I mean, that first paragraph is kind of what we already talked about um, Yeah, with just like your fantasy of marriage, not being a reality. Um, Mm -hmm. and he kind of goes on to say, you know, that's the extreme example, but there are going to be things like that that come up and, Mm -hmm. um, maybe you have a kid together and the kid's not a nice kid or you know yeah that's such a random example but you have you have children or you know in-law troubles or all sorts of things that probably will happen yeah Uh, it's like how do you deal with that together and it's hard Mm -hmm. to know because hopefully you don't go through anything crazy while you're dating but Mm -hmm. honestly hopefully you do go through some stuff or just have a couple conflicts where you have to learn how you communicate when you're mad at each other or how you support each other when something really hard happens. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's really important. Like um, it's kind of a litmus test for your marriage. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was just a very like grounding thing to start the chapter on. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and I like, I like the part on 207 and 208, just like, what are you signing up for? Um, and he has like a couple things serving sacrificially, striving for oneness, um, sticking with it. Um, and he has a lot of scripture that goes into it. And I think it's just a really great example of, you know, like what marriage is for and kind of what I was touching on about last night. So, um, the book by Ben Stewart, single dating engaged and married that's also a really great resource um if you're single um and dating or engaged um (laughs) but i i don't know i think i was just really impacted last night thinking about how marriage it really i mean it is about like you two coming together as one flesh but it really is about okay how am i going to serve for the kingdom with another person like I don't know I think I was just really empowered that like I want my marriage to be like on mission for the kingdom um yeah so anyways yeah I don't really that was it that I had for that um just kind of wanted to share that no Um, I think that's that's honestly I feel like we've both had that revelation in the past Mm -hmm. few months, even just like chatting with you in general, like that becoming more of a really big priority with dating. I think as you get older, as you figure out like your own career and passions Mm -hmm. and what you feel called to do, it's kind of like, okay, I mean, marriage is a partnership as like, you know, kind of boring and secular as the word partner is. It's really true in that. And I think it's, it's very biblical at the same time. Like you're looking for a helper, 
um, I guess that would be more of a biblical equivalent term, but yeah, you're, you're genuinely, that's just kind of simply what marriage is. I mean, yes, there's the, you're attracted to them, hopefully, and there's the romance and, you know, passion and oneness and all of that, but you're also just genuinely, like, really good at working together and For really sure. good partners and just a good match in general. Um, yeah. And that kind of, I don't know, that gets me excited. Like, it helps me feel more realistic with my expectations, but also helps me kind of hone in on, okay, like, I think he mentions, you know, if you want to serve locally and the person you're interested in wants to move to Russia right. and be a missionary, like, probably not a good match. Like, right. probably a great person, both great people right. called to different things. And so it just kind of helps you, like, weed through people. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, and, okay, so also last night, the guys, um, when they – so the guys talked about what to look for in a man and the woman talked about um, what to look for in a woman. And it's, um, we studied Ephesians five, but um, they came up with this is an acronym where like, so then word is real. And then they have like words for every letter. Is that, is it an acronym? What is right? I think it's an acronym or an acrostic. But I get okay. All mixed up, okay. Yeah. So it's, it spells out real. And this is like what to look for in a guy. Um, R so rejects passivity, mm. which is really interesting. Just like thinking about a man who is not going to just sit back, but is going to take care of you and lead you. Um, yeah. And they and they referred back to even how in the garden, um, Adam was passive when Eve was talking to him about the. Um, you know the fruit that she wanted to eat yeah. and he was just like okay and he's like that's that's a part of the fall is that there adam was passive yeah um, which i just thought was really interesting and then e for eternally investment or eternally invest so someone mm-hmm. that is like doing things for the kingdom um doing things for you um yeah, just like how is he serving? Um, and then A is accept responsibility. Um, so that can, you know, go to all different kinds of things where it's, you know, like for his own actions or taking care of you. Um, just is a guy accepting responsibility for things in his life. And then he leads courage- courageously. Um, so anyways, I, I like thought, that. yeah, so I thought that was like really helpful um, so I wanted to share it cause you know, as, as you're looking for a, a man to marry, um, I don't know. I thought that was helpful. The women didn't have one. So sorry. I think only <laughs> women listen to this podcast anyway. So whatever. I love it. It's a co-ed singles Bible study. That's really cool. Yes. Yes. It's great. Um, so there, it started out like 60 people, but it's not 60 anymore. Whoa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's co-ed and it's great. So yeah. And there's like four people that lead it, two single women, two single men. So yeah. Oh. Yeah. That sounds like breeding ground for lots of couples. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sitting here like, Ooh, that sounds cool. I know. I know. Well, there's definitely more girls, but you know, there's still some guys. As, yeah. I feel like yeah. that always happens in yeah. the church. Anyways. Well, any last thoughts on this book? Oh, man. 
honestly, like I just finished it, you know, right before we hopped on our call. And yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is honestly just how important it is to work on your own stuff before yes. you date. I mean, he has so many great like tips and tricks and principles like when you're dating mm-hmm. and thinking about engagement. But the biggest thing I got was just like, get your relationship with Jesus in a great place. Like, yeah work on your baggage, your past, your stuff, get to a place where you're healthy, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, you don't have Mm -hmm. to have your life all together. Like he says in a recent chapter, like you don't have to have the house and the car and the dog, but like be stable financially, like have Mm -hmm. your people, you know, get in community, like just the basics, you know, to where you would be ready to get married. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just – I feel very much like that's where I'm at right now where mm-hmm. I'm not on dating apps. I'm not, like, seeking anyone out. I If someone walks through the door, sure. I'm not going to be passive, but I'm not, like, actively, like, wanting to date right now. I'm really mm-hmm. just kind of getting used to my job and taking care of myself. And that feels really good right now. And, yeah. you know, if that were to change and I meet someone, that's awesome. But I don't know. The business book was just very confirming of, like, okay, like, that's the yes. best that's the best thing I can be doing right now to prepare for a future yeah. marriage. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would say, and I'll put this in the show notes, um, a couple of things that like, if you've read this book, you've really enjoyed it and you want to learn more just about marriage. Um, recently I have just kind of been like convicted is kind of the wrong word, but encouraged that I need to, um, learn more about like what it looks like to be a wife and like what marriage looks like. Cause I feel like over the mm-hmm. past few years, I've really um, studied a lot of things of like what it looks like um, to be single and to date, but not necessarily marriage. So I read this book last year, meaning of marriage by Tim Keller. Oh yeah. It is great. Um, have you read it? Um, <laughs> funny story with this <laughs> is <laughs> first guy I dated who we were very seriously considering marriage. Yeah. Praise the Lord. That didn't happen, but we were going to read that book, but he wanted to read it before me. He didn't, he like, wouldn't let me read it oh, because he, he had to read it before I did to like approve it for me to read, which <laughs> that's honestly like taking that's, the, leader, the leadership thing too far. That's weird. That, that's like manipulative. That's weird. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have never read that book because I was not allowed to. Okay. Well, uh, it's really good. You should read it, Emily. I'm allowing you to read it. Thank you. Well, here's the thing. Being the rebellious, stubborn girl I am, I was like, I'm going to order it anyways. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah. So I think I have it somewhere. I just haven't read it. Yeah. Um, but yes, Meaning of a Marriage, such a good book. And then also um, there is a sermon series by this church in Florida and they go over Song of Solomon and it like, oh my gosh, it wrecked me. I was like, this oh, wow. is so good. I'll send it to you also. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it goes over like what the man's role is and then what the woman's role is. And yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, so yeah, that, those are two resources that I'll put in the show notes um, for just, you know, if you're wanting to learn more about marriage. So anyways, well, thanks guys. This has been so fun. Emily, thank you so much for doing this. Of Um, course. Yeah. All right. Until next time guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this series 
on the book Outdated. It has seriously been such a blessing talking through it with my friend Emily. I hope that you have enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, please review, share if this podcast has been helpful. You can find myself on Instagram at The Enough Journal, and you can find Emily at Emily and Grinstead on Instagram. And she also has a YouTube channel. Okay, guys, until next time. Bye.